What's up, youth? It's Pastor Aaron. Stoked for you guys to listen to this message. Check it out. This week uh, is Holy Week. We said it on Sunday. Aaron preached on Sunday about Palm Sunday, um, the week, the a week, bef- the, the day that was a week before um, the week that sorry, the day it started Holy Week um, when Jesus came to Jerusalem, humbly riding in on a donkey. Holy Week. It's in case you haven't heard, it's the week leading up to Jesus' crucifixion, resurrection, um, and tonight we're talking about what's traditionally seen as what happened on the Wednesday of Holy Week. Because what day is it today? There you go. Exactly. Did you say hump day? It is technically it's hump day. It's the middle of the week. Um, yes, it is the Wednesday of Holy Week. Um, and my message tonight is titled "Pour Out Your Oil." Pour out your oil. Um, I'm reading from a passage in Mark, and when I read it. You guys might hear it and be like, I literally have no idea what that means. Um, but just go with me for a minute. I'll explain it. And at the end, I hope that you guys will be like, that's why it's in the Bible. There are so many cool stories, a little side note, in the Bible that I've read. And I've been like, that's literally so weird. Um, like there's this story where Jesus curses a fig tree and is like, that fig tree, never going to bear fruit again. And you're like, what? But then I, I like read a whole article about what it meant one time. And I was like, oh, it's actually really cool. Um, so there's a ton of random stories in the Bible that are like, why are they in there? They're actually pretty cool. Um, but this is one that uh, people talk about sometimes. And I actually think it's really, really moving um, once you understand what it's about. So I'm reading out of Mark 14, verses 3 through 9. I'm going to read the whole passage first, and then I'm going to explain it. You guys in? You guys paying attention? Yeah? A couple of guys are. Cool. Katie's really paying attention. Uh, Mark 14, verse 3. Anyway, um, it says, And while he was at Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, as he was reclining at a table, a woman came with an alabaster flask of ointment of pure nard, very costly, and she broke the flask and poured it over Jesus' head. There were some who said to themselves indignantly, Why was the ointment wasted like that? But this ointment could have been sold for more than 300 denarii and given to the poor, and they scolded her. But Jesus said, Leave her alone. Why do you trouble her? She has done a beautiful thing to me. For you always have the poor with you, and whenever you want, you can do good for them, but you will not always have me. She has done what she could. She has anointed my body beforehand for burial. And truly, I say to you, wherever the gospel is proclaimed in the whole world, what she has done will be told in memory of her. Pause while I drink water really quick. There you go. Anyway, um, does that story make sense to any of you guys who heard it? Any students who heard it? Not, I know a couple of leaders. A couple of you guys. Um, some of you guys, yeah, some of you guys know. Um, basically, Jesus is just staying at this guy's house um, right outside of Jerusalem. He's, just, he's hanging out. He's just chilling at this table. And a woman comes up to him and takes this whole bottle of really expensive perfume and just pours it on his head. And I think just... In, like, in a vacuum, that image is really weird. Like, if someone walked up to me and just, like, poured a big old bottle of perfume on my head, I would be both angry and confused. I would be like, now I have to go shower. Thank you for ruining my day. And I'd also be like, please, go talk to someone. Why are you doing this? Um, but that's not what happened with Jesus. Jesus knew what was going on. There's a reason she did that. That woman doesn't just pour any random thing on Jesus' head. She doesn't take a bottle of water and dunk it on Jesus' head. I remember... One time in high school, this guy made fun of me, and I was really mad. So I just kind of, like, unscrewed my water bottle and poured it on his head. It was bad. Don't do that. But she didn't do that to Jesus. Um, she didn't just, like, take a ton of random stuff and give it to him. She poured a 
flask of perfume that says it's very costly um, in this chapter. It says that perfume was very costly. And the disciples, the people contending against this woman, criticizing her, say that it could have been sold for more than 300 denarii. How many of you guys read the little footnotes that are at the bottom of your Bible sometimes? Some of you guys? I don't, you know, I don't always read them. It's not like you have to. Um, but sometimes, sometimes, what do you say, Katie? Your Bible doesn't give footnotes? Well, a lot of them do. Um, I don't always read them, but sometimes they're really, really helpful. Sometimes they can give you reasons like, oh, that's what that word actually means. Or like, oh, that's what that means. Because when I read 300 denarii, that could mean like $300,000 or that could mean like 300 pennies. I have no idea what that means. Um, the footnote in my Bible said that it said that a denarius, so like a single ver- denarii is like the plural of denarius. A single denarius was worth a day's wage. So basically, that bottle of perfume was so expensive that it cost three hundred days of work. It's like almost a year's work. I mean, for us, like in modern society, I don't know if they took weekends back then. I knew they would t- take like a Sabbath. I don't know if they took like a one-day weekend or like a two-day weekend because um, I'm not a scholar. Uh, but like in modern society, we take – there's 52 weeks in the year. We take a two-day weekend every week. So there, that's, like, that's like a whole year's worth of work. Like that's how much that bottle of perfume cost. Um, so it wasn't just like she was pouring some random thing in Jesus' head. What she poured on Jesus' head was this super expensive bottle of oil. And the disciples, the people criticizing her, um, they're like, wait, why did she do that? Jesus, if she's just going to throw away that super expensive bottle of perfume, we could have at least done something with it. We could have sold it and then given that money to the poor. We could have used that oil to give to the poor. Like, Jesus, why did you let her do that? They were really confused. And honestly, I don't even think their spirit, I mean, it says that they scolded her. So I think they were probably being definitely overly critical um, in a bad way. Um, but I honestly, I would have been confused too. I would have been like, God, like, why did you just let this woman pour out this super expensive bottle on your head that could have been useful? It's like, I don't know. It's like, man, like, why did you just give away Jesus or Pastor Aaron? Why did you just like give away all those boxes of pizza to this family down the street? I could have eaten those because I, I, I'm hungry right now. And I, I honestly would have, um, but like, Jesus, or the disciples are confused, um, and it kind of makes sense why they'd be confused, but Jesus sees this woman's heart. Jesus understands why she did that to him. Does anybody, I mean, at this point, if you're reading along, you've never heard the story before, you might be like, why? It still doesn't make any sense. It's still super weird. I don't get it. So Jesus, understanding why that woman does what she did, he, he looks at the disciples, he rebukes them, and he says that what that woman did was a beautiful thing. Before I move on, if Jesus told me, if Jesus said, hey, Luke, what you just did was a beautiful thing, I would, my like, week would be, my day would be wrecked. Uh, if I just heard from God, Luke, what you just did, that's a beautiful thing. Like, how insane would that be for Jesus just to be standing in front of you? And when people criticize you, to be looking at them and saying, hey, that, that person over there, that student, they just did a beautiful thing for me. But anyway, um, Jesus points out to the disciples, like, hey, you can serve the poor whenever you want. But then... More importantly, he says that this woman was anointing him for burial. In the chapter, it says that she anointed my body beforehand for burial. What does that mean? Why would you anoint someone's body for burial? Um, Basically, um, that week, Holy Week, it was the week leading up to Passover. Passover is a Jewish holiday. They take a lamb. They take the most perfect lamb, and they kill it every year, um, and they feast on it. Or at least they did. I don't think every Jewish family does that now. Um, But culturally, it's what they would do um, on Passover. Um, and Jesus was crucified on the cross on Passover. 
So symbolically, Jesus came to earth to be the ultimate sacrificial Passover lamb. He was the most, he was perfect. He was without blemish. That's why when we, when we sing songs and we praise and there's Bible verses talking about the lamb, the lamb of God, that's talking about Jesus. Jesus was the ultimate sacrifice. And this woman recognized that. This woman recognized back then that Jesus was the Messiah and that she wanted to anoint him before he was being buried. Um, before I go further, Everyone close your eyes. Picture the most expensive thing you could buy. It took you a whole year to save up for it. It could be a perfume. It could be a cologne to be, you know, if you're a dude, you know, wear perfume. Um, it could be uh, a PS5. It could be um, a pair of shoes. It could be um, some really nice clothes. It could be a backpack. It could be a bag. It could be a Lego set. I don't know. Um, whatever that thing is to you that you're like, this is the thing that I have been saving up for that I have been working hard all year for, picture that. And instead of keeping it, instead of building that ultimate collector set, Millennium Falcon, that costs 300-something dollars and is like 1,500 pieces, instead of, you know, using that bottle of perfume on yourself over like a 10-year span, because those things only are like one little spray, instead of, you know, wearing those super nice clothes, instead of wearing those shoes out, instead of um, taking that thing and using it for yourself, Imagine that you see Jesus right in front of you, and you say, you know, I, I feel called, I feel moved, like I need to just pour this out on you. I need to sacrifice this thing, I need to give it to you as an offering, God. I don't have to, it's not wrong if I don't, but I just, I feel like I need to give this to you, Father. How beautiful would that be? That basically you take something that cost an entire year's worth of work, and, and back then, like what it says is it says, in the, in the footnote, back going about the footnote of my Bible, it says a day's wage for a laborer. So this woman wasn't like upper class. This woman was a laborer. She was just like lower middle class. I don't know what, but she was like a day laborer. It wasn't just some, some rich woman who had like 18 bottles of perfume. This is like her one expensive bottle of perfume that she, saved, that she put a whole year's wage into saving for. And she takes it and she gives it to God and she pours it out on Jesus in an act of worship. How beautiful would it be if you took that thing that you were imagining and you said, you know what, God, I'm, I'm giving this to you because I feel like I'm supposed to. Jesus closes his response to the disciples, to their critical spirit. He basically, after saying, you know what, no, what this woman did, he defends that woman. And he says, no, what this woman did, it was so beautiful and you don't get it. He says, wherever the gospel is proclaimed in the whole world, what she has done will be told in memory of her. And I think that, that, I think I heard Aaron talk about this maybe a year, a year ago or so, but like, just imagine that honor where wherever the gospel is preached, wherever someone shares Jesus' name, wherever someone shares that, hey, Jesus died on a cross for your sins, they will, they, part of it, if you're reading the whole gospel, is this story, is that this beautiful act of sacrifice where this woman, she wasn't doing it to, you know, be talked about. She wasn't doing it so that the person's house, their disciples could be like, well, look at that woman, what she did. She did it in the face of criticism, in the face of people being like, why the heck would you do that? She said, no, I just want to pour this out at Jesus' feet, I, or really on his head. I really just want to give it to God. So what's the point? What's the entire point of that story? Like, okay, you might be hearing it and being like, I get it. You talk about this story. You explain it. I understand why. Okay, yeah, Jesus is the lamb. The woman did a really cool thing. Jesus isn't standing right in front of me. There isn't something I can just pour on Jesus' feet before he gets, he gets sacrificed on the cross for my sins and raises from the dead in three days. What is the point of this story? The point 
is that we're supposed to worship without fear of judgment. At least that's one of the points you can get from this. We are called to worship without fear of judgment. And in this week where we're talking about Jesus as our Lord and Jesus as our Savior and people are on their spring break and people are making vacation plans and people are talking. I mean, I don't even know if, honestly, I feel like if you're not a Christian and you celebrate Easter, it's a pretty empty day. Maybe when you're a kid, you go on an egg hunt, but that's pretty much it. There's not, it's not like Christmas or Thanksgiving where there's all this other stuff. It's just kind of a, kind of a day. And especially in this week where people are like, hey, what are you doing for this week? We are called to worship and to spread Jesus' name without judgment. And in this story, this woman, she's shamelessly pouring out her oil on Jesus' head, and the disciples criticize her, but Jesus has her back. And I want to let you know tonight that as a follower of Christ, you are going to face judgment. You're going to have moments where you're like, man, I feel like I'm supposed to share the gospel with this person. Or, man, I really want to get on my knees and worship right now in church, but I'm afraid what this person's going to say about me. And I'm not here to say that they're not going to say stuff about you because people will judge you. You will, you will make friends. You will lose friends. You, people will think highly of you, and people will think lowly of you in a bad way. Not just that people might think you're humble, but people might also think, man, that person's so weird. I don't get what they're about. There might be people where you're like, okay, you know what? Like, I shared this thing with this person, and then the relationship was never really the same. You will face judgment. You will face criticism as a Christian. But what I want to encourage you with tonight is that Jesus will have your back every single time. What does anyone else's opinion matter when you know God is with me? When you know that he's not just some faraway God who doesn't care about what you're doing, but you know, man, Jesus has my back. The God of the universe is supporting me right now. There is nothing I have to be afraid of. Yeah, you know what? This person might say this thing about me because I brought my Bible and my backpack to school and they might call me some weird names or think they don't even understand anything about me. But that doesn't matter because God is with me. There's honestly even times in church, I'm not just talking about outside of church with people who aren't Christians. There are times in church where you might be like, man, I really want to walk down to the front and just get on my knees and just praise Jesus. I want to raise my hands in the air and just sing and praise God as loud as I can. And I'm afraid of what, you know, my friend a couple rows back might think of me. Or what my friend who's sitting next to me might be like, oh, I'm not really about that. Why are you doing that right now? God is calling you to worship without fear of judgment. And that, that call, that, that example this woman of Bethany shows in this story, it's not without promise. Like I said, God has your back. God is protecting you from criticism. There are rewards in heaven that you don't even know about. And God, and God sees every single time you make that choice. Say, so you know what? I'm going to go out of my way, and I'm going to talk to this person today. I'm going to step out, and I'm going to say, hey, how are you? What's, you know, what's your life like? We're talking and just say, hey, how can I be praying for you? There was a couple weeks ago when I was at, um, I had to stop at a gas station on my way home. Uh, and it wasn't a gas station I normally go to because um, I was just like almost empty. I just wanted enough gas to get to work the next day and be able to go to Costco and get the cheap gas later. Um, but I walked in and I'm, I'm basically, I'm in a really good mood. I'm talking to this guy. I'm like, cool, how's your night? Whatever, I, I pay, all this stuff. I'm like, cool, thanks. And I feel my, in, my, in my head, I'm like, oh, I should, I should pray for this guy. And I was like, ah. And I was like, okay, you know what? I was like, you know what? I, I didn't even, like, I was just like, yep, I'm going to do it. And I walked up and I said, hey, like, how can I be, you know, I'm a pastor. I work at this church down, down the road. Uh, like, how can I, is there any way I can be praying for you? And the guy looked at me and he was like, no, I'm okay. No, no thanks. And I was like, cool. 
sweet. And I walked out, um, and I was like, yep. And there are just moments as a Christian where you're like, I don't know why God asked me to do that. I don't know what I did. Um, but that guy, you know, he might have been thinking like, wow, that dude's really weird to walk in at like 1030 at night and ask me if I need prayer for anything. Like, leave me alone. <laughs> there are moments where you're going to be called to do things for Christ. And I'm not talking about weird or distracting. Th- and Okay, weird in the sense of like, you know, scream in the middle of class like, Jesus loves you and distract everyone or do something disruptive or chaotic. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about, like, man, there are going to be times when God is like, hey, tell your friend that, you know what, I, I don't want to go hang out with you and watch this movie on Friday night because that movie's got some demonic stuff in it that I'm not about. To, to be able to, you know, say, hey, you know what, I'm, I'm going to, and not even verbally saying this to a friend, but just internally say, you know what, I'm going to make the choice to walk down to the front and get on my knees and worship tonight just because I know I need a moment alone with God. I don't need to care what this person thinks about me. I don't need to care about someone else's judgment because God is with me. That woman, she was a day laborer. There was, there was, she, she had no, there was no reason for her to even, like the disciples, they were people who were following Christ, who were walking with him every single day. And she does this thing for Jesus. She does this thing in an act of worship. And she gets criticized by all these people there who are, it says they scolded her. They didn't just say like, hey, wait, why are you doing that? They, they got on her back. And Jesus looked at them, and he was like, how dare you? What she did was beautiful. And know that God is saying the same thing about you every single time you listen to that voice. You listen to his Holy Spirit saying, hey, step out of your way and do this thing. I know that it might be weird. I know that someone might think something weird about you. I know that you have a friend that isn't going to understand it, but just trust me, obey me. I see you, and I have your back. Amen? Amen. That's all I have tonight. It's not that long. It's not that long of a story. But as we sort of start to really this week on Good Friday and on Easter, reflect on the fact that Jesus died on the cross for your sins. Reflect on the fact that a couple days later he raised from the dead and conquered sin and death. And that's why we have salvation. That's why God has given us this eternal life. That's why we're able to get that, to have access to that gift. Understand that as, as a son and as a daughter of God, you are called to worship without judgment. That God is triumphant over all sin. He's triumphant over all death. But he's also triumphant over any and all fear. Amen? Amen. We're going to close in worship. I feel like it's really just, it fits tonight to close in worship. After talking about worshiping without judgment, after about re- reflecting on who Jesus is, to actually say, you know what? No, I'm going to worship tonight. So I encourage you, both tonight and your own, when you get home, Maybe, maybe you're at home and your family isn't really all about worshiping Jesus. Maybe you have like one friend or one family member that you're like, I don't really know about that. Maybe you get around the table on Easter or Christmas or some other day and, you know, they're like asking you about your week. And when you bring up church, they sort of shut down emotionally. It's not, it's not like a verbal thing where they say, hey, I'm not about that. But you can just tell once I start talking about Jesus, they don't want anything to do with me. Next time you're in that position... Step out. Get out of your way. Next time you're in worship and you're like, man, I feel like God's telling me to move away from my friend right now. Do it. It's worth it. God is with you and he has your back. Father, I thank you um, just for these students. I thank you, Lord, um, that you have our back, that you're with us, God. I thank you, God, that when we are in tough moments, I thank you, Lord, that when we are in places where it feels uncomfortable to worship, uncomfortable to listen to your voice, God, 
that you are with us, Jesus. I thank you, Lord, that what you say about us, the words that you speak over us matter so much more than any other thing that any other person could say. We love you and we praise you. And we pray. Amen. Hope you guys got a ton out of that message. I know I did. If you want to connect with us here at The Rock Youth, follow us on Instagram at The Rock Church YTH. Subscribe to us on YouTube or Spotify by searching The Rock YTH or text The Rock Youth MS or The Rock Youth HS to 33222 for texting updates on everything going on at The Rock Youth. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast feed. See you next time.